You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Thursday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Come on in, stay a while. Chris Mad Dog Russo, he'll join us coming up. Works for MLB, also has his own Sirius XM channel, Mad Dog Radio. We'll talk about baseball yesterday and last night. Braves at the Dodgers game five coming up tonight. And the Dodgers on the brink. Offense didn't show up last night. You would have thought there would be momentum after what happened the previous night, but it wasn't there. The starters had just two hits. So we'll talk to uh, Mad Dog about that. The Astros rolled the Red Sox. They're up three games to two. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Thursday night football, at least a reasonable facsimile. Browns, Broncos, Case Keenum versus a banged-up Teddy Bridgewater. No uh, Baker Mayfield in this game. What is the betting line in this game? Because you're trying to handicap a game where you got a lot of injuries here. Let's play guess the line. McLovin, you know it? Oh. I know it, I know it. Okay, all right. So let's guess the betting line tonight. Broncos at the Browns. Todd, I'll start with you. Broncos apologist. I would say the Broncos would be favored by two and a half. The Broncos are favored. I would have the Broncos favored by two and a half with Baker out, even though they're on the road. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Uh, Seton O'Connor. I'm going to have the Browns favored by two and a half. Okay. Uh, Paulie? Uh, maybe overselling. I would go Browns four and a half. All right. Both home and considered a better team. Hmm. I'm going to go Browns six-point favorite. <whistles> McLovin? Browns are a two-point favorite. Oh, and the over-under is 41. That's as low as it gets in the NFL this year. Well, might I mean, be... The Browns are without Odell. They're without the two tackles. They're without the two running backs. Mm. You know, uh, They have another, two or three other line injuries. So that's the, that's the issue. And Case. I mean, he's a backup. You know, he hasn't played yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, this feels like it'll have crooked numbers. It'll be one of those squirrely numbered, like uh, – uh, 19 to 16 or something like that. <laughs> Maybe a 13 in there? You see a 13? Mm, 11? Who knows? Like, didn't the Lions have an 11 against the, the Bengals? Yeah, they were saying that's the first time there's ever been a 38-11 game in NFL history or something like that. All right, so uh, phone calls are welcome. Are we, uh, we going to stay with the poll question here, McLevin, what we had from the first down? Uh, we actually don't have a poll. Oh. So here's a couple more options real quick. All right. What is annoying you in baseball right now? Launch angle, the shift, bullpen games, or showing the strike zone on TV, or none of the above. Are you okay with all of those? You know what the most annoying thing is? Hitters at the plate. When they step out, they adjust, readjust, step back in, one more pitch, step out, adjust, readjust. Jose Altuve... Man, I'd be. You could cut thirty minutes off a baseball game if you wanted to by just saying to the hitter, "Hey, stay in the box. Let's go. Keep the bat in your hand." Altuve drops the bat and then readjusts his gloves. Like, come on, let's go, let's go. I can't imagine Joe DiMaggio or Ted Williams doing that. And I'd be like, "Here's a pitch. All right, I'm going to stay right in here. Here's a pitch." And I know players, particularly baseball players. It's all about the routine. But we've allowed this routine to happen. And you don't want to stand in there while the pitcher is going through his routine. Because 
The pitcher is going to do what he wants to do. He wants to make you unsettled. So then the hitter steps out and then he adjusts, he adjusts, he adjusts. So you're not thinking when you're in the batter's box because once you get in there, now you're ready to go. You don't want to be waiting for the pitcher. I get it. But baseball could clean that up. Like, come on, let's go. Get in. Let's go. Pitch. Here we go. But they don't want to do that. And there's certain things with baseball. I know it's timeless. I know that there's no real clock there, although there's supposed to be a clock on the pitcher. But games used to be shorter. And, you know, baseball, you know, they monetize this, that it is a four-hour game, and we think nothing of it. But it feels like a five-hour game sometimes, where it just drags on and on and on and on and on. But I would think that if you sped up the process where the hitter in the batter's box and the pitcher, let's go. Yes, Todd. I always get a kick out of the gratuitous with a home plate umpire to come out when there's a little conversation on the mound, when the pitching coach or the manager comes out, acting like they're trying to speed things up. They feel compelled. They have to come out and take I a know. peek and let them Break know, okay, let's go. Let's, you know, have all day to talk. And also, I never understood this, where the, the manager would come out and look like a child and start arguing a call. <laughs> I mean, it's embarrassing. I mean, I, I know it's a kid's game, but you don't have to act like a kid. Earl Weaver would come out, and I know fans got caught up in it. And But, you know, first of all, you see an old man in a baseball uniform who shouldn't be in a baseball uniform running out there, kicking dirt. Billy Martin would do this. Uh, Lou Pinella would do this. And I would always laugh because in the moment you're like, so what other sport do we allow this? You can't do that in football. You can't do that in basketball. I'm going to get right up, right? We're going to go nose to nose. And then this is part of the game. And then I'm going to turn my hat backwards. This is part of the game. All right. Nothing is ever accomplished. Like the umpire doesn't go, on second thought, you're right. My mistake. It's like, all right, I'm going to go out. Watch this. I'm going to go out and fire up my team. I'm going to get thrown out of the game. And then... You see the umpire out there going, you know, he's mouthing stuff. Throw me out of the game. You throw, I dare you throw me out of the game. And then he says some magical words and they throw him out of the game. They're like, yeah. Yes, Todd. I don't like when you when they do it for theatrics, but there's something very entertaining over the years about seeing a grown man just lose his mind over a call or a play. I don't need them to throw bats and balls and bases all around from the dugout or whatever, but when you're just Flipping out, it's just, to me, it's extremely agitated. No, it's embarrassing. These are grown men. These are supposed to be your leader. And you're out there, act like a fool. Remember Lou Pinella picked up a base and threw the base? Like, what are you doing? Yes. Remember that idiot? In the, he was like a minor league coach, and he was like oh. crawling up yeah. the side of the mound and yeah. throwing a rosin bag like a grenade. He was acting like <laughs> Bill Murray in Caddyshack. What a moron. Like, okay, all right, well done, well done. You got your 15 minutes there. <laughs> yeah, Paul. Has an NFL head coach ever been ejected from a game? I can't remember that in our lifetime. I looked it up, and they, they can't find any records of an NFL coach ever being ejected. Remember when Lou Holtz went onto the field one time and he was yelling at the official when he was at Notre Dame? Remember when Bill Cower stuffed something in the official's hand yeah. when he ran off the field at halftime? That's about it. You, you don't see... There are so many calls in an NFL game that you could be upset about. But you're not allowed to go out there and go toe-to-toe. We, we just... That's part of baseball. Like, they, those silly unwritten rules where you're like, yeah, you're allowed to go out there and do that. By the way, 
Uh, for neutral baseball fans, a Dodger-Astro revenge matchup would probably make the best World Series, right? It's a storyline. It runs deep. When Houston beat L.A. in the 2017 World Series, Astros appear to be doing their part. They're up three games to two over the Red Sox. Convincing win yesterday. Dodgers in trouble, losing 9-2. And now they trail three games to one. And neither series is over, but uh, we've seen momentum shift almost instantly. If the Braves do manage to close it out tonight, the baseball purist shouldn't complain. Atlanta has a balanced lineup, deserves to be here, and they've been great since the, uh, the trade deadline. And does that mean it's wrong not to root for the drama of the Dodgers-Astros rematch? Of course not. It would be great. For now, we hold on and see how the rest of the uh, championship series games play out. And I'll reiterate this because I keep hearing from Braves fans like, what do you have against the Braves? I have nothing against them. You got a couple of great players. It's a great story. You just, it's not enough star power. And we've been down the road with the Braves many, many times over many, many decades here. But it's, it's, it, you can have a good team and not have star power or a storyline that the rest of America is going to buy into. And we'll talk to uh, Chris Russo about this. You know, we, we have the underdog team, uh, you know, where you go, that team has no chance. Okay. You know, when the Cubs played the Indians, that was the right matchup because you had two great storylines. Somebody was going to win the World Series. And that was a great, great matchup, proved to be a great World Series there. Dodgers, Astros, yeah, am I rooting for it? Yes. I'm rooting for it because it's a story that that baseball fans care about. Even if you're a marginal baseball fan, you care about something like that. The revenge series. You don't have all the principles there, but you have some of Altuve and Correa, Bregman. Uh, you know, with the Dodgers, you still have you know part of the nucleus there as well. So it does matter. But if it's the Red Sox and the Braves, great. It's the Astros and the Braves. Okay. I mean, I'll still watch it, but when it comes to doing this show, you want to play the hits. You want to talk about the big stories there. And a big story would be the Astros and the Dodgers. Yeah, McLovin. I saw something the other day. Uh, you know you, how you often say they don't do anything. There's no motion. They had a pitch out in the Dodgers-Braves game. I probably haven't seen one in 10 years. <laughs> Is that the bigger problem, that there's no action, like style of play, too? Yeah, but, I, you know, I've harped on this, and it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I, I just – baseball can be beautiful. It can be fun. It can be thought-provoking. Uh, but I, I just, you know, the analytics have just taken, they've drained me. The analytics have, has drained me because it's like, uh, do you leave the pitcher in? I don't know. Should you leave the pitcher in? I don't. Analytics say there's no gut feeling anymore in managing a game. Valdez with uh, the Astros last night, I kept saying, man, he's, he's been out there a long time. Like, I kept waiting for somebody to pull him because, well, you're supposed to. And Dusty Baker goes out to the mound at one point last night, and then there was nobody warming up. So it wasn't where he goes, hey, I'm going to take you out. He looked around, and he went, looked in the bullpen. He's like, oh, nobody warming up? Oh, nothing. All right, I'll see you later. And, you know, Valdez was great last night. But if you go more than six innings, like it seems like it's Herculean. And it didn't used to be that way. Like, you expected your starter to go at least seven or eight. Now it's, 
All right, you gave me four good innings. Uh, you're good. You're done. No. And it was it was refreshing to see that. Yeah, Paul. I found a list of the worst World Series matchups of all time, and the overwhelming winner was just matchup. 2008 World Series, Philadelphia Phillies versus the Tampa Bay Rays. It was yeah. 4-1. Yep. The big stars in that series were uh, Scott Kazmir and Cole Hamels. Hmm. Yeah. And some other like Ryan Howard. Mm-hmm. How's that worse? And was it weren't the uh, Royals and somebody in a World Series like five years ago? That's up there. That's uh, on the list. They they have some teams that didn't have star names. They graded out by like the number of stars per team. Was that the Royals Giants? Yeah. Was that the, it, even last year? Wasn't the Rays in the World Series last year again? The Rays, yeah. <laughs> the Rays and the Marlins have a long history of being in the World Series. The uh, Rams are going to host the Lions. That means Jared Goff is coming back to town. Jared Goff talked about going back there and how he feels about it. It'll be fun to see all those people, and it'll be fun to, to be there. And, of course, you're motivated. Of course, you have the chip on your shoulder. I've spoken about that. Like, you know, there, there, was, there was some disrespect felt towards the end. There was some, um, you know, sourness there towards the end, and, and you still feel that. You still have that chip on your shoulder. But at the same time, when I get the game starts – if I let any of that come into how I'm going to play the game, it'd be selfish, and, and I'm going to play the game just how I would any other game. Yeah, you try to make it just like any other game, but it's not. But you can't go, hey, I got to throw for five touchdowns. I want to throw it 50 times. You just, you're trying to win. Just win. It doesn't matter. Yes, Todd. He said it, his first line in that fight was, it'll be fun to go back there. And then everything he said after that and his tone of voice sounded like exactly the opposite. Yeah, it ended badly. It's just some sour grapes there or anything. But I can't wait to go see the guys <laughs> and play the rest. Uh, the Kids Tonight Show streaming now. New episodes every Thursday. It's on a uh, new uh, Peacock original series. It's called The Kids Tonight Show, where the kids are in charge PeacockTV.com. Sign up. See the late night show where the kids are doing all the heavy lifting. We'll take a break. We'll talk some baseball. Chris Mad Dog Russo will join us coming up. Also, next hour, Mike Florio on Deshaun Watson's situation. I know the Dolphins want him. I think Carolina wants him. I think Philadelphia would like him. But he has a no trade clause. But if you're the Dolphins, what do you give up? And when you get him, when do you know if he's going to be suspended or not? So a lot of things attached to that. And then the Texans don't want Tua in return, and that's where you have to bring in another team, and maybe that other team is the Washington football team. Take a break. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Finished golfing yesterday, and I used the Level Select CBD roll-on there. If you're going to go golfing, lifting weights, you're going to run around the neighborhood, 10K, just a 10-minute walk, your body doesn't recover like it used to. It's all about sore muscles, post-workout discomfort, popping up in new spots all the time. That's why Level Select CBD sports creams and roll-ons come to the rescue. In fact, I have the roll-on in my golf bag there. It's good enough for pros like Carson Palmer, Ricky Fowler, and Steve Garvey. It should be good enough for you. I trust Level Select CBD because it's formulated with doctors. High concentration of CBD allows you to feel it work immediately, 30 seconds or less, and it's made with 0% THC. I apply the Level Select uh, sports creams right to a sore spot. Let that proprietary blend of CBD go to work. Go to levelselectcbd.com. Make sure you use the promo code DP30. That will give you $30 off your entire order today. 
$30 off levelselectcbd.com, promo code DP30, not available in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. By the way, Sunday night on NBC and Peacock, Carson Wentz and the Colts go to San Francisco to face off against Nick Bosa and the 49ers Sunday 7 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. I don't know how Fox is promoting that game tonight because you have Case Keenum versus a banged-up Teddy Bridgewater. It's Broncos and the Browns. I just, I mean, Fritzy wants me to bring up the fumble and the drive. If John Elway was playing tonight, then I would I would tune in. <laughs> But these two quarterbacks. Mm, but like the, you said, you almost have to show the drive and the fumble because who cares about the okay, current Okay, okay. But if I was the voiceover guy, Browns, Broncos, Keenum, maybe Bridgewater, <laughs> John Elway might be there next. Hmm. Eh, I don't think so. You like the color orange. We've got plenty of it tonight on Fox. Yes, Paul. I'd rather watch John Elway watching the game than watch the game. <laughs> He's Chris Mad Dog Russo, host of Mad Dog Unleashed on Sirius XM Radio, and he hosts High Heat on the MLB Network. Mad Dog, how are you? Hello, Danny boy. How you doing, okay? I'm doing okay. Uh, we were talking about uh, the World Series, and, and I, you know, I'm openly rooting for Dodgers versus the Astros because the storyline. And, oh, I totally agree. Totally agree. But Braves fans are getting upset with me. It's like, what do you have against us? I have nothing against you. You're a good story. You had some great additions at the trade deadline. But, you know, Freddie Freeman, like you're not, we want star power or we want revenge. We want drama. And, you know, maybe we get Astros in the Braves. But do you get killed when you uh, are rooting yeah, for I a storyline? Yeah, I mean, occasionally line? I do. I'm with you a thousand percent. You are right on. That's the best one. Um, Dodgers Houston. I don't think we're going to get it now, but I think Dodgers Houston uh, would have been a superb series. Dodgers look like they've run out of gas. You know, their pitchers are tired. Turner's hurt. Uh, give the Braves a lot of credit last night. They, they jumped on them early. Orisus is Orius is tired. Bueller was tired. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think the Giants took a lot out of the Dodgers. I think all year, 106 wins, five games. I think it took a lot out of L.A. And the Braves are peaking at the perfect time. So I'm with you. You're going to get probably – and I think Houston will figure out a way to win a game at home. So I think you're going to get Houston, Atlanta. And you both, you and I, you know much better than me about ratings. That is not going to light up America. I think if it went deep and you got a sixth and seventh game – I think those last two games would be good, but next Tuesday night in Houston, there comes Atlanta. I don't know if uh, the TV sets are going to be turned down across the country. So I got to be honest, that's just the way it is. But I do think it'd be a fun series. There'd be a lot of runs, good weather, nice ballparks, but the world, America, Dodgers, Astros, would have been a lot of fun. Yes, fans get mad. They think if you go the other way that you hate their team. Just because you want a Dodger Astro thing, Dan, doesn't mean you and I hate the Braves. No. We're looking at this from a different perspective. But the fan thinks if you don't talk about their team and the job they did, well, hold on now. That means you don't like Atlanta, so you're an anti-Brave guy, which is not the case. We always look at momentum. We're trying to figure out momentum. And you would have thought maybe the Dodgers would wake up after Bellinger's home run. Mookie Betts has the game-winning RBI. But what is the saying? Like momentum is tomorrow's starting pitcher. I don't know if Earl Weaver uh, coined that phrase, but how do you explain the Dodger lineup that had 
two hits. The starters had two hits. I can't, and not only that, against the bullpen. I mean, so it's not like they were facing, uh, you know, Greg Maddox uh, circa, it's circa 98. I mean, I mean, they were facing, obviously, uh, I can't explain it. Um, I thought the Dodgers were definitely going to win last night. I did not take into account that Orius, Orius might be a little tired, and he was. Uh, the Braves jumped out 2 nothing. You can sense right away that the Dodgers were in a little trouble once they got those two runs. Um, you know, they had that one opportunity, and then, of course, he hit into the double play turner and he got hurt in the bottom of the seventh inning off the leadoff single. But, you know, you're not going to come from 5-2 down too many times in a row, Dan. I mean, the game the night before, yeah. I mean, out of the out of nowhere, he hits a three-run homer in the bottom of the eighth. You're not doing that every day. And I'll tell you something else, and I did not take, into, take this into account, so blame this on me. You know, this is the third time now the Braves and Dodgers have played in the playoffs in the last three years. 18, they played. Dodgers won in four. Last year, they were down 3-1 and they won. You're going to beat the Braves three times in a row, and then you're going to beat the Braves down 3-1 twice in a row? No. You know the way sports go. You know, sooner or later, the tide's going to go the other way. So the Dodgers look to me be an exhausted team. I think Atlanta will get by. And I can't explain last night. I'm with you, thought that that was such a, ju- a huge jolt on the night before that it would be a carryover, especially against the Braves bullpen. It didn't work out. Didn't work. That's why we love sports. It didn't work out that way. I'm watching Houston against the Red Sox, and uh, Framber Valdez is out there. And I keep waiting for the analytical department with the Astros to say, well, you got to take him out. Because he's gone more than four innings. Oh, my God. He's gone more than five. And I'm going, like, he's dealing. And and John Smoltz even said, you know, sometimes it's just your gut feeling. Like, you, you ask your catcher, and, you know, you have different metrics there. But you're asking your catcher, you know, how's he feel? How's he look? Your catcher will be honest with you. But this, somebody goes seven innings, and it's Herculean. I mean, it, it used to be it was almost mandatory in big games. I totally agree. I think that's hurt the sport a lot. Nobody gets wrapped up to see relievers pitch these games. The entertainment value. See, what baseball has lost, Dan, they've lost the great starter trying to get through a lineup the third time in a big game. You know, Verlander a few years ago against the Yankees in 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 a game six. Gibson against the Yankees. Pick anybody you want. You lose that. So what they do is they bring in an anonymous relief pitcher who nobody's ever heard of, who you can't pick out of a lineup. Oh, and by the way, after he faces three batters, they bring another guy in to do the same exact thing. So the entertainment value of this sport where the big star pitcher, imagine LeBron if we took him out in the fourth quarter because we feel that, you know, the fourth quarter he's too tired, so we're bringing – I mean, it's, imagine if Brady doesn't play in the fourth quarter of a playoff. I mean, that's what we've done with the great pitcher. But I agree with you about Valdez, and give Dusty credit. Bottom of the fifth, it's only one nothing. Bottom of the fifth. Base hit, hit batter, and he Dusty goes out to the mound, and, you know, nine times out of ten, the manager panics, brings in the reliever. Dusty basically tells him to settle down. Four or five pitches later, Renfro hits into a double play. They get out of the inning, and in the top of the sixth, the Astros scored three runs or whatever they scored, four or five runs. So uh, the, the, it was a breath of fresh air watching this kid pitch yesterday. It really was a breath of fresh air. They needed that start in the worst way. But the, the, the great starting pitcher that we all used to love, you and I as kids, Seaver 
seventh inning against Rosen Bench in the 73 postseason in game one is a perfect example. As it turns out, those two guys hit home runs off them. But you get, you know what I mean. Yeah. That great Hall of Fame starter. Baseball no longer can give you that. And I think you and I think that's a major problem with the sport. It's unfortunate. That's the way the data scenario you know, you got the kid riding a shrimp bike into the into the offices right out of UCLA, just <laughs> washes hair with the Bruins sweatshirt on, and he tells, uh, you know, Andy Freeman, Andy, look at this data. Third time through the lineup against this team, the starting pitcher, you know, gives up a 285 batting average. Let's get them the hell out of the game. That might be good for their, you know, for maybe the front office. It's bad for the entertainment. There's no question about but it. But do you Very think, bad. and I keep bringing this up, where somebody is going to be have a counterattack, an alternative style, hit and run, uh, you know, you're going to be uh, maybe in a bigger ballpark, maybe steel bait, putting pressure that you must make something happen every time you get to the – it's almost like Patrick Mahomes. He's hitting home runs. But when you force him to hit singles, now you change the whole dynamic. The, the Titans run the football. Nobody wants to face them in the postseason. Does somebody, does a baseball team say, let's take advantage of our ballpark and play this style of baseball that will be different than anybody else? So you have to deal with us as opposed to the other way around. 85 Cardinals when they ran all yeah. over the place yeah. with Vince Coleman and everything. That's another thing that Dusty did yesterday, Dan. It was good. Top of the sixth inning, Altuve walks. What's he do after that? He steals second base. And then they, uh, uh, <laughs> no, there was a play that he stole. It wasn't that one, but there was a play yesterday that he stole a bag, which is right after, which was a tremendous move because he caught the red side. I thought it was in the top of the sixth. Whatever inning it was, Dusty put on a steal sign and he got the bag stolen. Well, that's what it was. He was running. On the ball that was hit the third base, and Devers threw to Schwerber, who dropped it, yeah. and Otuve ended up all the way at third base because he's running with the pitch, and Brantley hits a little ball down the third base. That kind of baseball we've missed. It's strikeouts or hit home runs. This has been discussed forever, and it's, it's unfortunate. And the other thing that, that was surprising to me, and I, you know, think about it the ratings, I get into the ratings. Tuesday night, that was a great baseball night. Bellinger hits the home run, and then the Red Sox and Astros, it's 2-1 it's and it's 2-1 Red Sox, top of the eighth. Those ratings for those games, you would think would be really good, and they were decent, 4 million, but the NBA didn't do that much worse. As a matter of fact, LeBron and Curry at 10-30 did like 3.5 million, and the Red Sox Astro game did like 4.2. Wouldn't you think a baseball playoff game in in our era would bury uh, an NHL or an NBA regular season? I know it's LeBron and Curry, but geez. Well, I go back. Surprising. Highest rated individual game in World Series history. You know when it uh, was? Isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's the Red Sox Reds, isn't it? In game six when they had 75 million people watching it? 1980, game six. Oh, that's the yeah. You're right. Phillies Royals, Royals had a 40 rating. Yeah, that's right. You Royals had uh, Reds against the Red Sox was uh, almost a 40 rating. The Dodgers uh, when they swept the Yankees um, in sixty in sixty three. Sixty three. 
1986, uh, the most viewed game, Game 7, 1986, the Mets over the Red Sox. That had a 38.9. So yeah. those are monster, monster numbers where now you're getting a, a, a you know, a, a 12 maybe, and you're happy with a, a 12. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I think baseball in each town can produce that. The problem that baseball has is that, you know, if the Pirates are in the World Series, the Pirates locally will get that kind of rating. But the problem is Pittsburgh doesn't care about Dodgers Braves. No. So they get no carryover. In other words, and if the Steelers are out, they care about Green Bay Tampa. Or they care about, you know, Kansas City and Buffalo in the AFC Championship game they're going to watch. The towns in which their teams have been eliminated – they don't get into the next round when their team isn't in it. And I think that kills the rating because, you know, locally, if your team is in a postseason in baseball, your rating is going to be great. They're watching the games in Boston, Houston, Atlanta. But when their team is out and they're not in the postseason, they follow it. They know what's going on, but they're not going to sit there for three and a half hours and watch the game. What about gambling, years ago, though? Chris, yeah, what a, they don't gamble. Who's gambling in the base? They don't gamble that much with the baseball. Yeah, I was wondering. It's not like, it's, yeah. it's not like the football. Yeah. Football, they gamble everything. First quarter, second quarter, points, overs, prop bets, catches by receivers, you know, halftime. They do everything. Baseball, they don't do that as much. And I think that I think, you know, I think that's a major factor. I don't think it's the local, I think the fan interest is great. I just don't think the fan interest, once their team is out of it, it, there's no carryover. While in football, there is. And I think that hurts the the sport. And I don't know how you solve that. How do you solve that problem? I don't know how you solve it. He's Chris Mad Dog Russo, Mad Dog Unleashed on Sirius XM. uh, That's Channel uh, 82 and host of High Heat on Major League Baseball Network. Had Bob Costas on yesterday. And he was talking about gambling. Um, his dad, of course, used to be a bookie. Oh, I know. And I, and I said to him, okay, you got one Hall of Fame vote. Pete Rose, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds. You know who he took? Uh, I, I, if he had one, he should have taken Rose. Did he take him? Yeah. 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 Rose, yeah. Bonds, Clemens. Yeah. Uh, I can buy that. Yeah, I think the same order. See, if you take Bonds, you got to take Clemens. So if you only have one, it's, you know, they're both grouped Bonds and Clemens with the same steroid brush. Yeah. So it's hard to differentiate. Yeah, the fact that Rose isn't in the Hall of Fame, I, I listen, I mean, we all know that Rose at times, we understand, you know, he's not uh, a choir boy. We get that. And Rose, you know, uh, uh, you know, was bad what he did. But Rose bet as a manager not as a player, and we're putting him in the Hall of Fame as a player, plus Rose never bet on his team to lose. And if anybody thinks it's the same thing, they're nuts. Either the 1919 White Sox bet on their team to lose. Rose never did. Rose is too competitive to ever want to lose. So he bet. So to me, that's a huge difference. Now I don't know how you feel about it. Betting is bad anyway. If you're involved in a sport, I'm not denying that. But there is a major difference. You know, I'm going to throw the game to lose. Then you know what? I'm going to bet on myself because I'm going to win. There's a major difference. Yeah, but I can't put Pete in until I put Shoeless Joe Jackson in. 
That's fair, too. I mean, he had 375 in a series where, you know, he was, you know, reportedly took money. I mean, imagine if, yeah. yeah. I mean, imagine if he didn't take money, what, what he would have hit. You know? That's an excellent point. But, an excellent point. Uh, the, uh, Joe Jackson had a great World Series. The problem is he took 500 bucks, but he had a great World Series. So how do you, <laughs> and it's very hard. That is very, very hard to differentiate. But listen, does anybody think that P. Rose, and here's the other thing that drives me crazy. We got everything from the Big Red Machine in that Hall of Fame. We got Pete's cleats. We got his bat that he used to beat Ty Cobb. We have everything that you want. We got the hitting streak when he hit in 44 straight. Everything you want about Pete Rose. You want his glove. You want his uniform. You want cleats. You got everything you want about Pete Rose. Oh, but by the way, we're not going to put Pete in. So we can walk through Cooperstown and see everything that has got paraphernalia that relates to the big red machine and Pete Rose, but Pete doesn't get a day. I, I, I really, I mean, but don't you think he's benefited more, Chris, by not being in the Hall of Fame? Because if Pete got in the Hall of Fame, no one would care. He does keep his name in circulation. He's made more money by not being in the Hall of Fame. I, you know, you can make the argument. Yeah. Because people are so curious and they feel that. But let's face it. I'm going to ask you a question. Right. Should Pete be in the Hall of Fame? I, I view it as he, he cheated in grad school, so I can't take away his undergraduate degree. Until I, I, if I think that he bet on baseball as a player, then I would not have him in the Hall of Fame. Now, I've said this before on my show. My bookie used to take some of Pete's bets when I used to bet. So I knew what Pete was doing and how frequent he was doing it and how bad he was. Do I think that he bet as a player? Absolutely. Is there any proof? No, not that I've heard. But as a manager, I, I can't take away what I saw on the field. I, you know, it's like Reggie Bush with a Heisman Trophy. Uh, you know, what he did off the field, he still won a Heisman on the field. You can take it away, he's still a Heisman Trophy winner. That's a good point. And, and yeah, Pete, point. I, I just, I got to see him. I grew up in Cincinnati. I mean, we loved Pete. You know, we wanted to wear number 14. We, we slid head first. Like, everything about it. I just... Uh, Pete never read the room well, Chris. If he read the room, he would have thrown himself on the sword and said to Bud Seelig, oh, oh, he just needed to do this. And I've talked to Commissioner Seelig about it. I'm going to go through the minor leagues on my own dime and talk about the dangers of gambling. I'm, I'm going to do that because, you know what, I need to give back to the game. Pete just never thought that he 100%. had to lower himself. And, and I think he would have gotten in. Or- oh, I agree. No, that you're right. I mean, if Pete in 1990 threw himself at the mercy of the court, we would not be having this discussion. No, we would not. And Pete didn't do that. No. And Pete, you know, but I could also make the argument, it has been 30 years. Yes. He's 80 years old. Yeah. Really? I, I think I mean, he gets I, in. Is, I, I think it's posthumously, Chris. If he gets in, it's going to be posthumously. I, well, I, you know, they didn't put Joe. You made a great point. They never put Joe Jackson in, and he's been dead forever. 1951, 1950, whatever it was. Yeah, <laughs> Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah. So they didn't put him in. Now, you know, here's the thing that always bothered Pete. I had him in studio a couple of years ago. That's fascinating. You know, when his kid made his debut in Major League Baseball, you know, they wouldn't give Pete yeah. a pass. Yeah. He had to buy a ticket. Yeah. No, 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 hold on now. I know. It's Pete's kid. Pete also had money on the game, though, Chris. 
<laughs> Maybe he did. Maybe oh, he did. keep stirring it up there, Mad Dog. Great you to talk to you. Guy. Thank you, buddy. That's okay. uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo, host of Mad Dog Unleashed, Sirius XM Radio, <laughs> Channel 82, and uh, he hosts High Heat on MLB MLB Network. Take a break. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This program brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. They go far beyond from their customization options, cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, financial support crew, Mercedes-Benz Vans, built, equipped, engineered to be ready for anything, go that extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. Make sure you go to danpatrick.com, go to the DP Show store, check out the new T-shirts, the Justin Herbert-inspired T-shirt, Aaron Rodgers owning the Chicago Bears T-shirt, plus a lot more. By the way... Aaron Rodgers talked about, well, let, let me set this up. Olin Krutz is a former Bears offensive lineman. And uh, he was a very good player when he played for the Bears. And he was on uh, 670 The Score in Chicago yesterday and had this to say about Aaron Rodgers saying he owned the Chicago Bears. When you see Aaron Rodgers run into the end zone and he, he apparently was flipped off and he tells the crowd, I, I still own you. I still own you. I've owned you my whole blanking life. Mm-hmm. How does that make you feel? I like and, to punch him in his face. To yeah, yeah. yeah. I like to punch him in his face. Uh, when, when you see that, that's your first reaction, right? Um, I don't care if you're right. I don't, you know, I don't care what his excuse is. That's just is your first reaction. I don't care if he, you know, I, I don't know. To me, that's that's a lame excuse at the podium. I saw some lady flick me off and I blacked out. Look, 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 just just say you that, that's how you, we all know this is the kind of guy you are. You know, competitive and that's the way you feel. And you have won a lot of games here at Soldier Field. Uh, and, you know, just because you're right, it doesn't make you right for doing it. <laughs> okay. Aaron Rodgers was on Pat McAfee's show yesterday, and he responded to Olin Krutz's comments. I saw Olin Krutz said he wanted to punch me in the face. Uh, <laughs> look, I think I think that is to say, and I I don't know Olin, and I respect him. He played the league for a long time, but are we getting that soft as a society that we can't have <laughs> worth now? I mean, you know, somebody can somebody can pay for a ticket and say whatever the hell they want, which I think they should be able to. It's fine. But the one time you say something back to him, that gets caught on it, that gets caught on hot mic, which, you know, like I said, there's a lot of stuff that gets said from time to time. Now it's that, you know, I've disrespected, you know, an entire city and organization and my own organization. Come on. What? Come on. This This isn't a big deal. Why is this a big deal? You know, how about you don't punch him in the face? How about you stop him? You've had 18 chances. <laughs> uh, I'd punch him in the face. Wow. Okay. How about you played football? How about you stopped him? I'd punch him in the face. 
I love that the host too. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how, that's what I was thinking yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's my reaction. Punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah, Paulie. All my Bears fans, friends back home. Oh, Aaron Rodgers sucks. He's cocky. This is a typical Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't suck. He's been owning us for two decades, and then Favre has had the two decades before that. Yes. They're not our problem. We're our problem. It's 40 years of being dominated by two guys. The, the 2005 draft, when Aaron Rodgers went 24th, the Bears took Cedric Benson at the fourth pick of the draft, the running back. Yeah. You know who their quarterbacks were in 2004, that season, where they could have had Aaron Rodgers? Chad Hutchinson and Craig Krenzel. And they said, you know what? Let's go for the running back and really shore up the running game. Not take Aaron Rodgers, who slipped. Yes, McLovin. I, I kind of agree with Owen Cruz. The playing football part is not working out clearly. That that's not that strategy. Maybe try something new. <laughs> it's the only way they're going to stop that dude. So the only way to stop him is punching him in the face. Yeah, have a retired player come down and wallop him before the game. I punch him in the face, and Owen Cruz punched one of his former teammates in the face. So I I do believe him. Yeah, Paul. I just checked. The Bears have to play the Packers every twice every year. Oh, they, they can't do. get out of it. Yeah. It's not like like Oklahoma if they don't want to schedule Alabama, they just don't. <laughs> I'd punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, McLovin. Is this mean, but I think Aaron Rodgers should say in Green Babies. What other team does he have two guaranteed wins on the schedule? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got the Lions too. Oh yeah. I mean, that's four wins that you're pretty much guaranteed every year. And then you'll get you'll get one against the Vikings. So you go 500 against the rest. You got five wins already built in. Yes. Yes. For the record, I have here Owen Krutz going 9-16 and 16 against the Packers mm. for his career. Mm. Uh, that sounds like thorough ownership. That's not bad, though. That, that's not a bad record for the Bears against uh, you know, Green Bay. Yeah, Paul. As, as a Bear fan, the only thing worse than losing, like at halftime when you're losing to the Packers, is being up at halftime against the Packers <laughs> because you're like, oh, how's Aaron going to do this? Because one? you know you're going to lose. Yeah, you, yeah. but you have that halftime hope. Yeah, yeah, McClub. Now that the Packers are 5-1 and one and really good, what happened all day? They need more wide receiver. They don't oh, draft wide receiver. Where did oh, all that stuff go? Oh, I know. I know. I know. It, this is this is how it works. This is, You know, you want to be a talk show host? You just dive in, all in, after one game. Yeah, they got embarrassed by the Saints. Yeah, and what happened to the Buccaneers last year? First 12 games of the season. They were a little better than average, and then they didn't lose a game. Now, do I think that Green Bay is, you know, equal to the Buccaneers? I don't. But Green Bay has played well, well enough to win these games, and that's all you want to do. Look at all these teams who are battling injuries. You know, here's Cleveland. This would be a game that you would have penciled in and said, oh, they're going to beat the Broncos. Well, they're two-point favorites against the Broncos. Everybody's hurt. And now there is a report. This is from Ian Rappaport. I just got this. Baker Mayfield expected to need surgery on his torn labrum following the season. Oh, I know he needs surgery. Uh, Sources say result of the hits he's taken on his non-throwing shoulder. The belief is he can deal with it through the season, but incurring more damage would make it challenging. Well, if I'm a defensive player... I have no problem grabbing him by that left shoulder. I mean, you're you're putting him out there. You're giving me the green light to go right after that shoulder. And they will absolutely do that. But, yeah, he's going to need surgery. When you have a torn labrum, even though it's on your non-passing shoulder, yes, you're going to need surgery on that. And that is not fun to come back from. Where they, 
They basically tie your, your arm down where you can't do anything. Have fun with that. I've been through that before. Is Deshaun Watson going to get traded? Is he going to get traded to Miami? Is Tua going to get traded? Maybe to Washington. Find out next hour. Mike Florio joins us.